I'm excited to bring today's guest to you, Ryan Gottfriedson. He's the author of a book called Success Mindsets, and he opens the book in the intro uh, or chapter one with a question that is, is really interesting to me. Ryan asks, do you think your way of thinking is the best way to think? Hmm. And if you really dug into that question, right, it would challenge you to explore all the better ways that you could go about leading your school. And the first step to that is just having an awareness of the different ways you could approach the work, the different ways you could approach leadership. Awareness is the first step. And our conversation today, when it's going to be revolve around success mindsets, Ryan's going to unpack and really educate you, the ruckus maker listening, on the four different sort of mindsets that you can have that you want to adopt. You've probably heard of fixed versus growth mindset, but I'm willing to bet that you haven't heard of the others. And so this will absolutely help you level up, and I'm excited to bring this to you in today's show. Hey, it's Daniel, and welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, a show for ruckus makers, those out-of-the-box leaders making change happen in education. And we'll be right back after these messages from our show's sponsors. Deliver on your school's vision with Harvard's Certificate in School Management and Leadership. Learn from Harvard Business and Education School faculty in self-paced online professional development specifically designed for pre-K through 12 school leaders. Courses include leading change, leading schools, leading people, and leading learning. Apply now for our cohorts at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash Harvard. That's betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash Harvard. During COVID, every teacher is a new teacher. That's why innovative school leaders are turning to TeachFX, whose virtual PD is equipping thousands of teachers with the skills they need to create engaging, equitable, and rigorous virtual or blended classes. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. That's teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. All students have an opportunity to succeed with Organized Binder, who equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning, whether that's in a distance, hybrid, or traditional educational setting. Learn more at organizedbinder.com. Hey, Ruckus Makers, I am joined today by Dr. Ryan Gottfriedson, a cutting-edge leadership development author, researcher, and consultant. He helps organizations vertically develop their leaders, primarily through a focus on mindset. Ryan is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author of Success Mindsets, the key to unlocking greater success in your life, work, and leadership. He is also a leadership professor at the College of Business and Economics at California State University, Fullerton. Dr. Gopferson, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. And I, I love the term ruckus makers. In fact, 
I, I kind of feel like I'm a bit of a ruckus maker. So do you mind adopting me for a little bit? You're adopted. You're officially adopted into the ruckus maker family. All right. Tell us, let's start there. So why do you consider yourself a ruckus maker? Well, as, I mean, I know that your focus is in the education arena and my primary focus is in the business arena. And I, I focus primarily on leadership and developing leaders. And I feel like over the last 70 years of leadership research, the primary focus has really been on one thing, which is what do leaders need to do to be effective? And I'm, and not that that's bad, but I don't think it's great. And so I feel like I'm trying to change the conversation and that we need to do maybe a little less focus on doing and a little more focus on being. And, and how do we become better leaders? And I think that that hopefully even that idea might resonate with the ruckus makers that you work with. And I imagine it will. Yeah, I believe so. You know, that's a big reason they listen to this uh, show. One, their pursuit and hunger for continual growth, right? And, and causing a ruckus. And then and two, you know, they want to be exposed to ideas that they don't necessarily hear everywhere else. And I know you're big on mental models and, uh, you know, just what you shared already in terms of not what you do, although what you do is important, but how you be as a leader is uh, equally or maybe even more important than that. So, yeah, let's start there. You know, I, I enjoyed um, your book, Success Mindsets. And, you know, one one of the things that I was exposed to there is there's so much more than just like growth versus fixed, you know? Yep. And you introduce a, a whole other um group of, of type of mindsets, but yeah, why don't, let's start there. You know, what are those other mindsets that we should know about? Uh, because that awareness is key. I'm sorry. I'm like making this question longer than it needs to be, but no, you're great. <laughs> you know, in the intro, I think it was, you talked about how we don't necessarily question the mindset and our approach to the work. And we think that it's already working or doing the job that it needs to do. And maybe that's not the case, right? Yep. So yeah, I think that's a great place to open up. No, that's great. Maybe even if it's okay, let me just start by hopefully clearly defining what mindsets are. Because I think uh, pop culture suggests that mindsets are akin to attitudes. And mindsets do influence our attitudes, but our mind mindsets are so much more. Our mindsets, one way to define them is that they are our mental lenses. They shape how we view the world. And how we view the world will shape how we think, learn, and behave. So to take from the fixed and growth mindset perspective, how we see failure will shape how we think about failure. Is it bad or is it good? It will shape how we learn from failure, and it'll shape how we behave in the face of failure. Is it something, do we give up or do we continue to persevere, right? So at, at the surface level, our mindsets are these mental lenses that shape how we view the world around us. But in reality, is our mindsets are actually long-range neural connections in our brain that span across three major brain regions, and they help make sure if they're healthy mindsets to ensure that these three major brain regions work together. And in fact, our mindsets have three primary roles. One is they filter in select information, right? Our brain gets way more information than we can process, so we need a mechanism that filters select information in. And so our mindsets serve as that gateway. Once they filter information in, then the second job that they play is they interpret that information in unique ways, such as failure, is failure bad or is failure good? 
And then depending upon the information that we take in and how it's interpreted, it will activate different elements about ourselves to navigate that situation in a certain way. And so hopefully just me quickly defining that helps folks to see that our mindsets are more than just our mental lenses. In fact, they're the most foundational mechanism for why we do what we do. And both psychologists and neuroscience um, independently confirm that perspective. And so really mindsets are at the foundation of everything that we do. So it should be something that we're more aware of than I think we generally are. Yeah, and let's talk about that awareness too, because when it comes to to mindsets, right, um, we think about that usually uh, framed around our students, you know, and how can we teach them to grow, you know, and to be more open-minded and this kind of stuff. And we totally miss looking in the mirror, (laughs) thinking about me as the school leader or my leadership team or my faculty, what are the adults doing to to grow their mindsets as well? What would you suggest uh, for the ruckus maker listening who wants to get practical and start introducing mindset development with his or her staff? What what might they do? Yeah, really great question. And, And I think that you're touching on, I would say, maybe my biggest pet peeve in the education space from a mindset perspective And that is most of the talk and the focus around mindsets is on students. And while that's important, I might dare say it's even more important uh, that we focus on mindsets for administrators and for teachers. Because if they don't have the most positive mindsets, they're going to be limited in their effectiveness to reach and connect with the students and help them to develop the more positive mindsets. And so generally, when I work with groups, I, I will... The first thing that I'll have them do is take a mindset assessment that I put together that's based upon the last 40 years of mindset research. And so that's on my website at ryangotfordson.com. And what I'll do with these organizations, whether it's principal or group of teachers, is I'll I'll aggregate these results up to the collective level. So we can look at the collective mindsets that the leaders and teachers have at that school. And this will give us a sense of what is the culture of our school? What is our willingness to adapt, to be agile, to try new things, uh, to deliver uh, and connect with students in a really effective way? So, So I think that's a really good starting place is to first awaken to our mindsets. And we could jump into the different sets of mindsets. But And then along with that, I think, of of course, is my book, Success Mindsets, are really quick ways to just jump into the mindset material. Right. And I, I will I will uh, suggest that the ruckus maker listening pick up success mindsets, the key to unlocking greater success in your life, work, and leadership. I enjoyed that book quite a bit. So thank you for um, sending me a copy. And then, yes, there's a self-assessment uh, regarding your personal mindsets available on your website. And that will be linked up in the show notes so people can go ahead and, uh, and do that. And, you know, that'll expose them to where they're at in uh, use serve organizations. And like you said, talk about it at a collective level. But so you, you, feel, you find out where those uh, mindsets are and how they exist within the organization. And, and then what, right? Because what, you know, uh, if we're not that aware, because that's one of your things, right? Building awareness about the mindsets. What, what do we do when we find potential data that is like a little disconcerting, like what I'm seeing here in my school. Yeah. Yeah. So always the first step is awareness, right? We can't do anything about something unless we're first aware of it. And so 
When I focus on mindsets, I focus on four different sets of mindsets, and, and these aren't my ideas. Um, what I did to develop this framework was I sifted through the academic literature and I opened the floodgates to identify what mindsets have been studied, what mindsets are out there. And what I found is essentially there's four sets of mindsets that have been studied for 30 plus years that range across education, psychology, management, and marketing. And, and what I've just done is I've pulled these different pools of research into one framework so that it gives us these four different sets of mindsets. So fixed and growth is one of those. Um, but then also I focus on closed and open, prevention and promotion and inward and outward. And if we want to dive into those, we surely can. But the basic idea is, and what I found across over 20,000 people taking my mindset assessment uh, is a couple things. One is that only 2.5% are in the top quartile for all four sets of these mindsets. Right? So what that means is that most of us, including myself, we've got some work to do on our mindsets. And most people haven't given concerted effort towards their mindset. So I'm not sure we should expect to be great with our mindsets. And so oftentimes, it's not going to be a surprise to me if people take up my mindset assessment and their results reveal that they've got some mindset work to do. And, and that's okay. This isn't evaluative. It's developmental. The other thing that I've learned across these 20,000 people is that there's a rather small correlation between these different sets of mindsets. This tells me a couple things is one, these are very distinct and different mindsets or probably neuro connections within our brain. But also this means that if, okay, we could be focused on having a growth mindset and we could get there, but it's also likely that we will have a closed prevention and inward mindset, which are more negative mindsets. And if we have a growth mindset and stop there and we've got closed prevention and inward, we're still holding ourselves back from being the person and the leader that we can be. And so uh, I hope that the, at least for me, what the, what the framework has done is it's helped me broaden my understanding of mindsets and also allowed me to more deeply understand myself across these different sets of mindsets. Yeah, well, that, that came through clearly through the book. And uh, for me, it was like, wow, there's so much more out there. And again, back to connecting the dots and just being aware. So now you figure out uh, where to put in the work. And like you mentioned, how we sort of open, it's not so much um, what, what you do that's important, but it's it's how you be. You know, who who do you be? You know, what do I need to be in terms of a leader? But I think it would be super helpful for, for uh, the ruckus maker listening if you gave you know, a concise definition of those four mindsets. Um, you know, even even growth mindset, I can't assume that people have heard that, yeah. even though, you yeah. know, I've, we've heard it. Uh, but yeah, that would be helpful to educate. Cool, let's get into it. So, and, I, and my experience is that the education arena is probably the arena that knows mindsets the most and because they focus a lot on fixed and growth mindsets. And so, which is, which is great, gives us a good starting ground. So if you're not familiar with fixed and growth, a fixed mindset is when we see ourselves and others as being unable to change our talents, abilities, and intelligence. We kind of think we are who we are and there's nothing you can do about it. When we have a growth mindset, we believe that others can, ourselves and others can change our talents, abilities, and intelligence. And how this plays out differently is that when we have a fixed mindset, uh, we see the world in terms of haves and have nots. And so if we fail at something, this is an indicator that we're a have not and that we can't become a have. Whereas those with the growth mindset, they don't see the world in haves and have nots. If they fail at something, that may mean that they're a have not now, 
but it doesn't preclude them from being a have in the future. And so how what ends up happening with this is those with a fixed mindset become more focused on looking good and avoiding failure, whereas those with a growth mindset become more focused on learning and growing and developing themselves. They're in this place where I don't care how good I look. In fact, if I fail, I know that this might be my best opportunity to learn and grow. Does that make sense, the difference between fixed and growth, or do you want to add anything to that? No, I, I think that uh, nails it, you know, and just to put in here and be vulnerable, right? Like being aware of that is so important because I could see in my own leadership in the past where having a, having a fixed mindset became an upper limit challenge, right? And it's one of those things that you learn, whether it's running your own business, running a school, but as the leader, you're the greatest opportunity and also the greatest challenge, you know? And so finding and rooting out those fixed mindsets and uh, creating more learning experiences for myself was integral to my success. Yeah, when, when I work with business leaders and executives, this is the set that they commonly struggle with the most. And, and part of this is because they are strongly socially incentivized to look good, right? To, to kind of have all the answers, to make sure that they don't have any challenges or any problems that occur. And so there's a lot, a very strong social incentive to look good as a leader. And, and if we don't keep that in check, we're going to end up being focused on how do I look good as opposed to how do I learn and grow so I could better contribute to the people that I'm leading and serving. In addition to that, too, is, you know, I'm reading a, a, another book just on um, scaling business, but that's one of the first ideas it, it uh, uh, asserts is just you don't have to have everything figured out, have great questions, and hire people smarter than you, right? And yep. so you can't do that if you have fixed mindset because you have to be the smartest. So, yeah, I think I think that's that's good. But moving on to what is it, open and closed? Is that right? Yeah. So closed would be on the negative side, open on the positive side. And and the difference between these is how open our mind is to the ideas and suggestions of others. And maybe even let me ask you a question, if you don't mind, Danny, is yeah. what would what would ever lead somebody to be closed to the ideas and suggestions of others? I would wonder uh, maybe protecting sort of like their ego or narrative, because if I redefine uh, my worldview and how I'm making sense of the world, I'm redefining my identity. <laughs> so that's what that's what I would say off the top of my head. Yeah, you went deep really quick, which is awesome. <laughs> and I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, and I think a part of this, and maybe at the core, is we fundamentally believe that what I know is best, right? Mm. And that, that may even be wrapped up in our identity, like you had mentioned. And when we believe that what we know is best, our primary focus becomes on, on being right or being seen as right. Mm. We want to have our ideas supported, and we're inclined, we're not going to be very inclined to be open to feedback or to new perspectives, Right. So, so somebody with a closed mindset analogy that I like is that they have a full bucket or they see their mind as a bucket and their bucket is full. Well, what happens if we pour something into a full bucket? Splashes out. Yep. Right. Nothing gets absorbed. It just runs off the side. So, those with an open mindset, they may have a lot in their bucket, but they leave room for the idea that they can be wrong. Mm. And if we can do that, we're, we're open to taking in the ideas and suggestions of others. And so, at the end of the day, the difference between the two leaders is those with a closed mindset are focused on being right. Those with an open mindset are focused on finding truth and thinking optimally. 
right? They're not the ones with all the answers. They're the ones with all the questions. They, they invite feedback. They invite new perspectives. And what an open mindset does in, in an employment context is it helps create an environment of psychological safety. And, and psychological safety is something that Google has found to be the most important factor for top performing teams. Mm -hmm. and, and so that the, the open mindset is gonna be the fuel to that psychological safety. Yeah, that's great. Creates belonging, that psychological safety. And was this the part of the book where you talked about Ray Dalio? There's just, I, I'd, love, I'd love to invite you to share that story quickly, just because the email he received and his response I've never heard of a school leader taking this approach. And I think this might be helpful just to, to hear a different way of doing things. <laughs> yeah, and you can look it up really easily just online as well. But Ray Dalio, for context, is the founder of the largest and most successful hedge fund of all time. And in the, in the late 70s, early 80s, he actually burned his business to the ground because he had a closed mindset. I mean, this, this is essentially why he talks about it. Since the 80s, he started up his business and he knew in order for it to be successful, he would need to have an open mindset. So he runs his business with, uh, on two principles, uh, primarily, radical open-mindedness and radical transparency. And it, it's in it, 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 learning about their culture sounds like a completely different world, but also at the same time, it's very unique and it's very powerful. And so one of the elements of this is that he... Any employee can send him an email or give him feedback, whatever it might be, and it's his job to receive that, to learn from it, and to validate their perspective. And so he had given a presentation in a meeting, and after the meeting, one of, this, one of the colleagues, of course, a subordinate of his, sent him a rather terse email saying, this, your performance in this meeting was unacceptable. And gave all of the reasons why it seemed to, you know, it didn't necessarily seem full of emotion, but there was some very specific elements that said, you, you, you didn't do as well as, as you could have, and we would have been better off because of it. And what Ray Dalio then did to help reinforce this notion of radical open-mindedness and radical transparency is he forwarded that email to the rest of the organization to help serve as an example that... This is something I am taking to heart and something I'm, gonna, I'm going to learn from. And, and so when a leader does that, you can imagine how that might create this psychological safety in that organization. Yeah, just the fact that he was open to the criticism, right, or the constructive feedback, and, and the person was on point. They were right, right? It had to do with his uh, lack of preparation and spending enough time discussing one part of the whatever it was versus only, you know, like a few minutes, you know, you're supposed to, I think, spend 60. So yeah, that's a helpful story, Ryan. Thank you for uh, sharing it. Just, I want school leaders, if we're talking about opening an awareness, like there's a different way that you can receive uh, feedback is what we're talking about and getting better, you know, and how you respond to, and then act on that feedback just goes so far, you know, if you, if you do it the right way. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, if you don't mind, maybe even let, let me let, add in an analogy here that I can be that I, I think can be helpful is we can always have a stiff back, right? We need to take a stand with some things and we're going to have to do that as leaders. But that doesn't also mean that we have to have a stiff front. And I think what an open mindset means is that while we may have a stiff back, we have a soft front. 
we're able to take in the ideas and suggestions of others. So that doesn't mean we have to run with them, but we've got to take them in and we've got to validate them. And I would say, I've got, um, my, my mom was an educator. I've, I've got a sister that's a second grade school teacher and uh, know many teachers. And one of the primary sources of frustrations for many teachers is that they seem to have ideas that they want to implement in the school, but their principals don't allow them to do so. Now, and usually it's less of an issue of the don't allow them to do so. It's more of an issue. They're not even hearing my ideas to begin with. Yeah. Um, and, and so hopefully that's a nudge to, to create an environment or a forum where we can at least hear the ideas and suggestions of others. Great. Well, uh, Ryan, I think this is a good place to just pause for a second for a message from our sponsors. But when we come back, let's dig into the uh, third level of mindsets, which I think is prevention versus promotion, if I got it right. Yep, you got it. Get professional development without leaving your home. Harvard's online certificate in school management and leadership helps you establish your legacy and deliver on your vision for your learning community. Learn from Harvard faculty as you examine case studies of leaders in education and business. Since 2018, we're proud to have served 4,450-plus school leaders from over 120 countries. You can apply today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash Harvard. That's betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash Harvard. Better Leaders, Better Schools is brought to you by school leaders like Principal Gutierrez using TeachFX. Special populations benefit the most from verbally engaging in class, but get far fewer opportunities to do so than their peers, especially in virtual classes. TeachFX measures verbal engagement automatically in virtual or in-person classes to help schools and teachers address these issues of equity during COVID. Learn more and get a special offer from Better Leaders, Better Schools listeners at teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. That's teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. Today's show is brought to you by Organized Binder. Organized Binder develops the skills and habits all students need for success. During these uncertain times of distance learning and hybrid education settings, Organized Binder equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning routines so that all students have an opportunity to succeed, whether at home or in the classroom. Learn more at OrganizedBinder.com. All right, and we're back with Dr. Ryan Gottfriedson, and he's talking about mindsets in his book, Success Mindsets, the key to unlocking greater success in your life, work, and leadership. And Ruckus Makers, I highly encourage you to pick up that book. It's linked up for you in the show notes. So we were talking uh, fixed versus growth, open versus closed mindset, and now to the third level, which is uh, prevention and promotion. Yeah, great. So when we have a prevention mindset, our number one focus uh, is on not having problems. We don't want things to go wrong. Uh, A promotion mindset is we're focused on winning and gains. And and so to make this come to life, I think it's helpful to use a ship captain analogy. So if we're a ship captain with a prevention mindset, we don't want to sink. That is our priority. So we don't want to take any risks. We don't want to have any problems. We don't want to rock the boat, right? And this is, this is very justifiable. You know, big waves or storms can be really scary. But when a storm comes on the horizon, 
somebody with a prevention mindset, their natural reaction is to be is going to be to run from the storm, go to a place of safety, right? And that that makes sense on a certain level. But somebody with a promotion mindset, they operate differently. It's it's not that they want to sink, but their number one focus is on a destination and making progress towards it. And so when that storm comes on the horizon, they don't instinctively run from it. They ask themselves, does this storm stand between me and where I want to go? And if the answer is yes, then what they do is they prepare to take on the storm. They batten down the hatches and they muster up the courage to brave the winds and the storms of the sea. Because that's, that's the only way that they're going to get to their destination. And so what ends up happening is those with a prevention mindset, they end up going the course of least resistance. They're, they're more comfort focused. And that's justifiable. Whereas those with a promotion mindset, they end, they're the only ones that will end up in a destination of their own proactive design. And they are what I would call more purpose focused. And so that hopefully that brings to life these two different mindsets. Well, I think it highlights the important, like, like you said, purpose, uh, meaningful work, vision, you know, just understand the destination where you're headed. So the, the metaphor of the ship works really nicely there. If you see the storm and it's between you and the destination, you hunker down and make sure it's safe and we're going to get through this. Um, you didn't say this, so I want you to correct me if I'm wrong, but so if the storm isn't preventing you from the destination, does that then give the leader permission to not worry about this storm? Or what, what would somebody with a promotion mindset do in that scenario? Well, I think, yeah, it's a really good question. So the person with a promotion mindset is all about getting to that destination. So they have a clear destination and they have a clear why to get there. And when we, when we have that perspective, we're going to be conscientious or we should be conscientious of the elements that may impede us from getting there. So if there's a storm out there, but it's not in our way, we probably won't give that a whole lot of credence, but we need to understand, is this something that could get in our way in the future, right? We're going to, we're, we're more, uh, hopefully in saying this, what, what I'm trying to articulate is when we have a promotion mindset, one of the things that we'll learn is we're more long-term focused. Mm-hmm. When we have a prevention mindset, we're more short-term focused. It's all about putting out the fires, how do I survive today? A promotion mindset is this longer-term destination and how do we get there? And, and it's, I think one of the things that, we often, that I often see in organizations is it's really easy to become prevention-minded because problems, we, who likes problems? <laughs> but if we want to get somewhere that we have never been before, can we expect to get there without any problems? Right, yeah. Of course not, right? So, so part of this shifting our mindsets from a prevention to a promotion mindset, what we're doing is we're elevating our cognitive and emotional sophistication to be okay with having problems. Yeah, you learn from them, they help you grow. You know, uh, if you're complaining about problems as a leader, what you just want, you just want it easy every day, like how boring would that job be? So <laughs> I think that's, that's a good distinction you're making. And then the, uh, the last set, is that inward versus, versus outward? Yeah, inward versus outward. So, Danny, I hope I'm not the only guilty one. So um, hopefully you can join me in this. But but if it's not accurate, don't feel the pressure to say that this is Well, you, if it's but... guilty, I'll already probably say I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of it. <laughs> All right. The ruckus maker speaks, right? 
So have you ever been dri driving along on the freeway and somebody pulls up to you on the lane next to you and they put their blinker on and they want to merge in front of you? Yeah. Have you ever prevented them from merging into your lane? Uh, a less mature, younger version of myself might have sped up potentially uh, or not made sure there wasn't enough space. So I, I, I hear what you're saying. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I like using this example, one, because I'm guilty of it, but then two, because this is something I think almost everybody can relate to. And, and it's not that big of a deal, but at the end of the day, it's kind of a jerk thing to do, right? Yeah. Just, big time uh, jerk. I, it would have been easy for me to let them in because what we're doing in this moment, and, and let me let me tell you how I justify it, is how I what I don't say to myself is I don't say I didn't let that person in. What I do say is I didn't let that car in. I objectify them because what's going on in the situation is what I'm saying to myself is I'm more important than this person. My spot in this lane is more important to me than it is to them. And that makes me more than them, which it makes me inclined to see them more like an object. And so this is an inward mindset. We see ourselves more important than others. So when we have an outward mindset, we see others as being just as important as ourselves. Their needs and wants matter just as much as my own. And when that's the case, we're able to see them as people and to value them as such. Mm -hmm. And so we could think about this as a principle, for example, is how do I see my teachers do I see them as objects to get me where I want to go? Right. Or do I see them as people who I'm here to help empower? Yeah. Right. Or, or if I'm a teacher, I might say, do I see our, my students as objects that are getting in my way or, or that are being really difficult or destroying my comfort? Or do I see them as, as people that their needs and wants matter just as much as my own? And, and this lens that we take towards how we see others is a game changer in everything that we do. Uh, we're going to bring a very different version of ourselves if we have an inward mindset relative to an outward mindset. I think that also helps you develop the soft front while you still have the, the you know, strong back. But yeah, yeah, if you see people as people, a beautiful thing happens, you know, with empathy. So <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I might even go so far to say you look at all the social ills that our society is facing is at, at the root of them, I think we could say it's people seeing others not as people, but as objects. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's a big idea there. We'll let the ruckus maker chew on it for a second. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before I get to the last two questions, I do want you to tease out at least one more idea because I, I haven't heard this before anywhere else. And so just to continue in the spirit of um, creating awareness with the ruckus maker listening, you make a distinction between uh, horizontal and vertical development. I think maybe you said that's what your second book is on. So we'll probably yep. invite you back to go even deeper, okay, onto this um, subject, but at least at least give us a plant a seed in our heads on on this topic. Yeah, I would love to. So, so I think one of the things why I focus on vertical development, I'll define that what, what that is, is is when we understand vertical development, we better appreciate the importance of focusing on mindsets as part of our our personal development and as a part of developing those in which we're leading and working with. So. When most people think development, I think that they think horizontal development. What they don't really realize is that there's two different forms of development. There's horizontal development and there's vertical development. So horizontal development is adding new knowledge and skills to what we already have. 
This is like downloading an app onto the iPad. What that's doing is it's broadening our functionality. Right? To keep this really simple, if we, we could teach a multiplication table to our students, right? This is a form of horizontal development. We're adding a multiplication app onto their iPad so they can now multiply. But that app doesn't necessarily make that person operate any more effectively. It, they can just do more than what they could do previously. And so horizontal development is good, and, and it surely has its place. And the, the majority of education, from my perspective, all the way from elementary up till where I'm a professor, the majority of the focus is on adding new knowledge and new skills or horizontal development. But there's another form of development, which is vertical development. So vertical development isn't adding a new app onto the iPad. What it is, is it's upgrading the iPad's operating system altogether. We want to help individuals to operate more effectively. And so the technical definition of vertical development is to elevate our ability to make meaning of our world in more cognitively and emotionally sophisticated ways. Because let me give you an example. And what would you, what would you say, Danny? How would you say most people react to constructive criticism? Uh, take it personally or um, hear it and say, tell people why they're wrong. Yeah, right? some form of defensiveness is, is usually, I think, how most people react to constructive criticism. But we can ask ourselves, is this a cognitively and emotionally sophisticated way of responding to constructive <laughs> criticism? Probably not, right? It's probably on the lower level. If we were to move a step up, we might hear somebody say something along the lines of, well, it depends on who delivers it and how they deliver it. Hmm. Right? This feels a little bit more cognitively and emotionally sophisticated, but I don't think it's really high. But then there's people who might say, I love constructive criticism, regardless of who it comes from or how it's delivered, because it's an opportunity for me to learn and grow. Right. I th this feels really cognitively and emotionally sophisticated because we're th at this place where we are good with being told that we are bad. Mm -hmm. And so if we can elevate in our cognitive and emotional sophistication, I think you could see how we're going to get more out of life. We're going to operate more effectively. And so this is what vertical development is all about, is helping people to become more cognitively and emotionally sophisticated. And so to connect this back to mindsets, how do we help people to elevate vertically? Well, we've got to focus on a key phrase in that definition of vertical development, which is make meaning. Or in other words, we need to focus on our meaning makers. And what are our meaning makers? They are our mindset. Right. As we okay. shift from fixed to growth, from closed to open, prevention to promotion, and inward and outward, what we are actually doing is we are enhancing our cognitive and emotional sophistication. We are becoming more okay with the idea of failing as an opportunity to learn and grow. We're okay with the idea of being wrong as an opportunity to find truth and thinking optimally. We're more okay with navigating through problems because that's how we get closer to our goals. And we're more okay with putting ourselves on the back burner because it allows us to better lift others. And, and so the growth, open promotion, and outward are just more vertically developed ways of seeing the world. And so I think the key, the key to getting where we want to go or to elevate vertically is through a focus on mindset. So hopefully that brings it all together in a nice package. Yeah, if you're looking to level up as a leader, the, the greatest uh, operating system upgrade you could invest in is a uh, development of your mindsets, is what I'm hearing. Yep. 
Love it. You phrased that really well. I might need to add that to my book. Yeah, please do. So, <laughs> uh, well, when it comes to messages that you could put out there to the world, and if you could put a message on all school marquees around the world for a single day, what would your message read, Ryan? Yeah, well, gee, there's a hundred different things I could read. So I think about, okay, what's a message that is maybe a little bit sticky? What's a message that brings light to something that maybe where there's not a lot of light at at the moment? And when I think about it in that way, the message that, that comes to my mind is success starts with your mindsets. I think it's simple. It's pretty easy to remember. And, and I don't think that most people focus on mindsets. And part of that is because they're more focused on horizontal development than vertical development. I think that that's something that we need to change in our education system, both both on the teacher administrator side of things, as well as with students, helping people uh, to learn more about mindsets, awaken to their mindsets and shift their mindsets. We need to add vertical development to our curriculum. Hmm. And if you could build your dream school from the ground up, you're not limited by any resources. Your only limitation is your imagination. How would you build this dream school, Ryan? And what would be the top three guiding principles of the school? Man, I wish I I I was, it makes me want to be really creative and innovative. and, And in some ways I'm stuck within my own bubble. But I think along the lines of this topic, I think the first thing that I would do uh, is is I would make sure that my the focus on the administrators and teachers was on mindsets that we made this a priority and and we we invested in them and helping them to shift and I think because if we can help administrators and teachers shift that's going to lead to long term impacts on the students. Um, also, I, as I was thinking about this question, uh, do you, are you familiar with a gentleman named James Anderson? He's out of Australia. Ben? I don't know James, no. All right. So I, I don't know if you see this, and I don't know if yeah. anybody will see this, but he's written this book called The Learning Landscape, and I'm currently reading it now. It is, man, it is a game changer. So he <laughs> focuses on mindsets in the education arena, primarily on fixed and growth mindsets. But one of the things that he's shifted to focus on more in which this book is all about is about learner agency and how there are different types of learners. In fact, he identifies six different levels of learners. And and you might classify those with a fixed mindset are usually in the bottom three levels. And those with the growth mindset are on the top three levels. And helping administrators, teachers, and students learn about these different types of learners, I think can help them awaken to what type of learner am I and what type of learner do I need to be to better navigate the world, my future curriculum in a more effective and successful way. And so um, I've been really moved by by the book and the analogy it highlights in there. Um, And so I think that that's something that I would make sure that everybody was really clear about. Great. And we'll uh, definitely link that book up too, along with your book uh, in the show notes. Great. Well, Ryan, you know, we covered uh, a lot of ground today on the show. And thank you for being a part of the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. Of everything we talked about today, what's the one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember? Yeah, great question. I I think if they can remember that vertical development what that is and why it's so important, then it will lead them to focus on mindsets, which was the point of our conversation. So I think if we can 
If they can remember the concepts of vertical development, then, then I think they're going to get things right moving down the road. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.